G'day, and welcome to the AOS Coach sneak peek into the Stormcast Eternals Battle Tome that Games Workshop was kind enough to send me an early copy to check out. In this video, I'm going to share with you some of my initial observations with a match play focus. As always with these previews, I'm going to avoid as many lore spoilers as possible and really just focus in on the rules. Kicking us off with one of the most exciting updates in the Battle Tones for 3rd Edition is a digital code. Now, at the back of the book, you'll find a unique code that you can see that you can cash in once. Once you've redeemed it, it's done, you've got it. Now, at the time of recording, the Age of Sigma app is not fully released, and I've been unable to unlock the book digitally. However, for players like me, this is a massive win because I like to have all my books uh, electronically. It means I don't have to carry nearly as much things to events. It allows me to list write on planes and trains and uh, literally anywhere that I happen to be or if I'm playing a game it means I can easily access it without bringing in uh, you know someone to carry all my additional books so for me massive win and, and great step in the right direction. Now honing in specifically into the Stormcast the way that you build your army has fundamentally changed. Now to kick things off you've got your Storm host. Your Storm host remain the same per se. You still get to choose one of the eight storm hosts, whether it be Hammers of Sigma, Hallowed Knights, your Celestial Vindicators, your Anvils of Heldenhammer. That hasn't changed. But what has changed is the way that the sub-allegiances are structured. In the past, if you looked at previous battle tomes or battle tomes that are actually out there that aren't even stormcast, you'll notice that when you take a sub-allegiance, it will give you a, a command trait, an artifact, it'll give you a command ability, and it will, it will dictate often your first choices. With the Stormcast sub-allegiances, you are no longer required to take certain command traits or artifacts as your first choice. And we'll talk a bit more about those options later. Players from 2nd Edition will notice that Shock and Awe is no longer an allegiance ability. However, it is one of the four options for your command traits. Broken Realms Marathi introduced a set of rules for the Stormcast which were very different to what you were normally playing, and that was something called the Stormkeep. Now what they've done essentially is migrated the two sets of rules. So you've still got your Scions of the Storm, which allows you to, to put down a unit on the tabletop, and then for every one unit on the table, you can put one unit in reserves and bring it down in your movement phase. Alternatively, if you don't want to do that, you can tap into those Broken Realms Marathi rules, which are now your legal, legal rules, and they are now counted as a Storm Keep. So you've got two options, whether you want to build a Scion of the Storm Army or you want to build a Storm Keep Army. Depending on which one you pick, you will gain a bunch of keywords and there'll be some additional rules. Uh, I mentioned earlier about the Scions of the Storm, which allows you to place one unit in reserve for every one unit on the table. You put them down outside of nine. That really hasn't changed. If you weren't familiar with Broken Realms and Marathi, there are a couple of really cool rules that you're going to get access to. One of the big ones is one in every four of your units can be a coalition Cities of Sigma unit. So that means you could bring in a unit of Phoenix Guard, you could bring in a Free Guild General on Griffin, you could bring in um, any anything from the store, uh, from the Cities of Sigma range. That's just a couple. You could bring a Phoenix, you could bring a Hydra, you could bring a, uh, a Gur Battle Mage, whatever it might be. Um, there are some additional rules, things like um, your Cities of Sigma units will get uh, additional bravery if they're within range of a Stormkeep uh, Storm Redeemer. Um, and there's also a, a really interesting rule. I don't think it was in Broken Realms Marathi, but I really like it. 
And what it is, is in the first and second battle round, your friendly Stormkeep Redeemers, so this is not Signs of the Storm, this is your Stormkeep side. If that unit is contesting an objective, partially or fully within the territory, now each model is going to count as three when contesting an objective, so that's massive. In addition to that, starting from the third battle round, um, that also then extends to objectives outside of your territory. So in the first couple of rounds, really easy to defend your home objective because your models are counting as more. And then in later, in, in from battle round three and onwards, it means any of your you know Stormcast, Stormkeep Redeemer units that are contesting objectives anywhere on the table will count as three. On top of that, if an enemy unit ends a charge move within one inch of that Stormkeep Redeemer that is within six of an objective, they'll on a, they'll do some mortal wounds on a three-up. So really great at defending your home objectives. And if you don't go in that route, you can still go into that reserve, that one-for-one one reserve piece, come down, um, you know, burninate, burninate your opponent. Now, the customization doesn't end there. Uh, I mentioned earlier that your sub-allegiances do not require you to take a specific command trait and artifact, which means that you've now unlocked so many great options. There are some changes, but ultimately, you've got some really good stuff coming. You've got four command traits to choose from. Uh, I mentioned Shock and Awe being one of them. You've got Staunch Defender that allows you to re-roll the amount of damage that you use with the Shield of Civilians. Um, there's a plus one save through some conditions through the Envoy of the Heavens. You've got four options. You've got some, some additional command ability. So instead of your sub-allegiance giving you command ability, you can choose one of six. You've got nine different artifacts to choose from, three from being forged uh, Stormforged weapons, three from the Heaven's Wrath uh, armor, and then three from the artifacts of the Tempest. So there's a couple of really cool things, things like you know the Obsidian Amulet, uh, allowing the bearer to ignore spells and endless spells. You could be looking at some things. Now, if you are old Stormcast, you might recognize things like the, um, the Blades of Heroes or even the Hammer of Might, which are two of the three forged weapons, are relatively unchanged between books. But then you get some um, additional rules, things like the Fangs of Dakothian does mortal wounds in addition. So there's a little bonus there. So there's a whole bunch of artifacts, which is great. Um, you did lose, though, your standard treasures, your mystic lights, your celestial staves, and your scrolls of power. They are no longer a selection, uh, unfortunately. So if you had like an Azeros, for example, with a mystic light, or you had uh, a wizard with, you know, a scroll of power, they aren't as, uh, one of the selections anymore. There are six spells to choose from from the spell law. My personal favorite would be the Stormfall, which casts on a five, has a range of 12. You pick a point on the battlefield within that 12, and you roll a dice for each enemy unit within three inch. And a roll of a three, that unit can't pile in. So it's a nice little way to defend yourself, uh, to restrict the amount of damage coming back to you, very similar to the shark with the net. The other, the other spell that I really like is Celestial Blades. That adds plus one to the wound roll for, uh, from a melee weapon within 12 or within 18 of the caster if it is a Night Lord or a, Dr uh, or a Dracothian keyword. There are three prayers to choose from. There's also six mount traits to choose from. So the level of customization through Stormcast is through the roof, which is partially some of the challenges with me previewing this is because there's just so much great information.
Previously, when you chose your sub-allegiance, you had to choose a ability, a command ability, a command trait, and an artifact of power defined by that sub-allegiance. And I did mention earlier that then in the new rules, that is really broken down. So we've already talked earlier about the spells and the prayers and the things that are coming to you already and you can customize, but you are going to get some extra rules. So depending if you take the hammer, Hammers of Sigma, the Celestial Warbringers, the Astral Templar, some of these are going to unlock, unlock battle line which i'll talk about you know you know in a hot minute but you know you also get some additional rules to really double down on the type of army you want to build some of my personal favorites early on would either be the hammers of sigma which allows you to get a six uh, a six up ward save while they're in range of an objective or it could be the knights the knights excelsior which gains you a plus one to hit and wound if there are more enemy models than your paladin so if you're someone like me who might be thinking about taking at least one or two units of annihilators this would work really well because your annihilators come in units of three you might want to not want to reinforce them and as long as there's more than three models you're going to get plus one to hit plus one to wound which i think brings them down to twos and twos from memory but either way um some really nice rules but as you can see on the screen there's way more different rules depending on you know maybe you're an anvils of hell than hammer if you've kept your eye on the latest White Dwarf, you will notice that armies like Sons of Behemoth have been gaining faction-specific grand strategies, battle tactics, and core battalions. The good news for you is you're now getting them too. In this book, you're going to get three new grand strategies to choose from specific to Stormcast. Now, from early observations, I'm believing that they are harder to achieve than the, the General's Handbook choices. However, we don't know how long we're going to sit in General's Handbook 2021. So this might end in a month's time and it might become a whole lot harder. So, you know, keep, keep that with a grain of salt. Know that you've got these as an option. And it's not forcing you to not take one of the other battle packs. So if you like playing your Gur one and you like hold the line or um, you want pillars of, of, of faith or whatever it is, um, you could always still do that. I, If I was going to pick one of these new ones, I would probably pick one that's more focused on the dragons, like the Dracothian Defiance. And I'm definitely going to be getting one of those dragons. So probably I'll be a little bit biased towards dragons maybe in this video. I'll try to keep it at bay. I'm very excited about dragons. Um, you've also got access to six additional battle tactics and um, some of them kind of feel a little bit focused to the different builds, whether it's a storm keeps or the signs of the storm. If again, I was grabbing a, a, one of the dragons or two dragons, or I was building around, you know, some of the smaller dragons or even a star Drake, things like the Dracothian destruction or a manner, a matter of honor would be popular to me. Some of the other ones seem situational. And again, I don't have to just choose from this batch. I can still choose from the ones in the battle pack. Stormcast have also gained access to three core battalions uh, for match play. Now, these rules are not new, so you're not going to get anything unique that you're not getting in the core rulebook. So you're still getting strategists, magnificent, um, you know, unified, slayers, all that stuff, right? It's all very, very similar. But the way that you're seeing the organizational structure will change. You'll notice there the Brotherhood Command, for example, allows you to take two commanders, which 
isn't really a thing in other armies. I would love, by the way, a brother commander in some of my armies and get two of those. But, you know, if I was going to build my force, I mentioned earlier two dragons, I would definitely be thinking about the Brotherhood Command. However, you know, for me, the other one, the Redeemer Redemption Brotherhood, would be a great way to reduce the amount of drops in your army. It might be a nice way to really boost out your force, maybe in conjunction with the Battle Regiment, bringing yourself down to maybe a two drop as well, while, while extending the amount of uh, both commander, sub commanders, as well as a whole bunch of troops in the force. But um, if you are going to go down the ballista route, and I think the ballista has changed a little bit and it's looking a bit nicer, you may find the Soul Strike Brotherhood uh, equally as valuable, especially because you get that free all-out attack or unleash hell that doesn't require a, um, a leader there to activate. One of the cool things for Stormcast players is that you have gained a unlimited, or not unlimited, but there's 21 different options to build your ideal army, specifically around battle line. Now, your Judicators, your Liberators, your Sequiturs, your Vanquishers, your Vindicators are always battle line, regardless of which part of the book you're going to build around. However, there are 15 other options that you can unlock either by your sub-allegiance. So you'll notice the Knights Excelsior, Hammers of, Hammers of Sigma, the Tempest Lords, and the Astral Templars are going to unlock battle line. Or if your general is a Knight Judicator or keyworded Star Drake Adracothian, you'll also unlock some battle lines. So me being a, a bit of a dragon person right now, you know, I'm looking at how do I make potentially those Storm Drake guard battle line. Alternatively, I mentioned Annihilators. Annihilators are hot. I'll talk a bit about them a little bit later, but you know, if you haven't seen the War Scroll, really good. You might want to unlock them as battle line. So you may want to go down the Knight Excelsior route. Now, why would you want to make them battle line and not just uh, regular troops? Well, I guess it depends on if you want to double reinforce them. So knowing that uh, a regular troop can only be reinforced once and I could reinforce the Annihilators from a unit of three up to nine if they were battle line. That is expensive, though, and um, they're, they're quite costly in, in their points. But that's just an example of why this one might might be valuable to you. There are some other really big changes and smaller changes across the board. Um, being that Stormcast has, you know, almost probably 80 War Scrolls, you will notice that there are small changes. You'll see that some of your foot heroes have lost their command abilities, which kind of came as a surprise to me. And I wonder if this is going to be a trend moving forward with some of those five wound and six wound heroes not having a command ability. Or if they do, it's just you can action all that attack for free, all that defense for free, something generic as opposed to some of these quite meaty, synergistic kind of um, command abilities. You also notice that some of your War Scroll have changed. You know, you might have noticed if you're a, um, a you know a Soul Blight Grave Lords player, um, your skeletons, for example, used to have two options, swords or spears, and they kind of merged them into one profile. And some of your units have had the same thing. They've kind of merged it into a single profile and, you know, phasing out some of those older rules. Some of the key changes that I've noticed in the first edition um, style Stormcast, this is the very early, what, 2016, 2017, couple of things I'll call out for you is that the Celestine Prime has gained a four plus ward save and it's already got the three up armor saves. This, this Celestine Prime is a tank. I already loved him. As a cities player, I am chuffed. 
but um, get, get yourself a Celeste than Prime. I think it's really quite good. Your, your Knight of Xeros. Now, this was one that I was always worried about, and it kind of happened what I thought was going to happen. And the Knight of Xeros used to have a reroll one's ability, a bubble, and unfortunately, it lost it. It it's turned into a plus one to hit bubble. Probably no surprise given that rerolls are being phased out of the game. It also lost its once per battle mortal wound lantern. Used to be able to do, I think, D3 or D6 mortal wounds to a demon unit within uh, eight inches, I think it was. But, you know, for a lot of Cities of Sigmar players, especially who would bring that Stormcast unit in the um, the Knight of Xeros to get them that reroll once to hit, um, I can see that the, the Knight of Xeros is going to be working from home for a while. The, the Knight Hereldor uh, lost its ability to um, make Stormcast units retreat and charge. It used to be able to do retreat and or run and charge. Gavriel Shawheart lost the three plus command ability, so it used to be able to add plus three to the charge. Gav has lost it. Liberators have gained plus one to their save as long as half the unit still has shields. So as long as you don't reduce the shields and just keep with the special, you know, Grand Hammer or whatever it is. Um, you'll still get plus one to your armor save. And what's really cool is at the end of the combat phase, it will deal D3 mortal wounds on a four plus. If the enemy unit is within one inch of the liberators and within six inches of the objective. And remember earlier, the Stormkeep did have some interesting rules by being able to do some mortal wounds and do some protection around the objective. Liberators were just kind of synergized with that style quite nicely. Also, your Dracothian Guard, I know Cities of Sigma players were freaking out about this because there were some leak war scrolls around the Dracothian Guard not having a shooting attack. Good news, folk, they still have their shooting attacks. Your Dracothian Guard, still put him in living cities, you're going to get it. It's all good. Looking at some of the second edition changes, this is the, the, the models that came out around Soul Wars. Your Aether Wings surprised me. They went up six to 65 points, which hurts. They used to be, what, went from 50 to 40 to 45. They're now 65 points. So they can still retreat and charge, which is great. But 65 points makes you really reconsider. Uh, Aether Wings going to give me value. Do I bring an Endless Spell? Do I go for the Triumph? Uniting Cantor lost its spirit flasks, so you used to be able to drop some bombs if someone charged you and do some mortal wounds. That's no longer available. And a really interesting update to the Vanguard Raptors, and I always love the, the Long Strike Raptors having a 30-inch range. The hit and wound profile had switched, so it used to be, I think it was hitting on twos, wounding on threes. Now it's hitting on threes, wounding on twos, which is actually a really good change because you could always all-out attack and get it on twos and twos. It still does the two mortal wounds when uh, an unmodified hit roll of six happens. However, the uh, one thing that kind of shocked me was that you used to be able to use it in combination with the Aether Wings, and then the Aether Wings could countercharge your opponent if they were within a certain range. But they've actually now lost that. So yeah, you can't use your Aether Wings to counter uh, an opponent who's trying to charge your Vanguard Raptors. The Knight Aquila, uh, Rider, Rider of the Wind, has changed. And instead of it being a generic, it was like a random, like, you know, it was a 6d6 or something it was. It's now just turned into a flat teleport. So you can just teleport anywhere across the board, no dice roll required, as long as it ends outside of nine inches from an enemy. So pretty consistent with traditional teleporting and units coming in from reserve in the game. I mentioned earlier the Celestial Ballista had changed. Um, one of the changes I really liked was that the lightning shot has changed from, uh, it used to be a thing on th hitting on threes, it's now wounds on three twos, and it's gained some extra rend. So it's now rend three, and it's doing D6 damage, although 
it did lose its exploding D6 hit. So some slight changes, but overall, I think the Celestial Blister um, has gained a little bit of strength and it might work really well if you were looking at that um, artillery-focused core battalion. Now, your third-generation models, which are the models that came are coming in in 2021, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of changes, a lot of great models. I can't talk about them all right now. Otherwise, I'll be here for 10 years. So I'll call out a couple of ones that really stood out for me. First off, the dragons. It's, it's the thing that kind of drew, caught, caught my attention. The dragons both have 18 wounds, both, um, both Mufasa and Scar. If you haven't seen the meme, check it out. It's hilarious. But both of the, the dragons do have both 18 wounds. They both cost 600 points. They are three up saves. Neither of them have a ward, which kind of surprised me. I expected them to either have a ward save or have way more wounds than 18. I also expect them to be over 600 points. They are unique as well, and they will take up one of your leader and behemoth slots. So I imagine uh, this is going to be a big, chunky model, maybe on a 130, 160 base. Uh, who knows? But it's, it's hard to tell right now. Now, the blue dragon, is it Cron? I'll call him Cron now, Crondus, I think it is. Um, that is more of a utility wizard. So it still packs a punch. It is a dragon. Like, let's, let's be real here. It's a dragon. But it doesn't hurt nearly as much as the red one. So the, the wizard dragon will cast two spells and it will unbind two spells. Its signature spell is an interesting one. It goes off on, on a nine. So it's a bit of an aggressive, hard spell to cast. I imagine you are probably sitting on the backfield near Arcane because it is a range 24 spell. And if you successfully get it off, you can either debuff a unit's rend uh, to hit, to attacks, or it's saved by one. So you could reduce some things down, which is quite fascinating. On the other side, you've got uh, Karazai, I think it is, or red, we'll call it Red Dragon Scar. Uh, it is minus one to hit in combat. Its tail profile is based on the amount of wounds within range of it, which is really cool. Um, it's going to do a whole bunch of damage. It does like two damage. Uh, I think a pop hits on a three, Ren two. You know, it's quite, quite aggressive. This is the combat dragon, and probably the one I would go for. The The rule that really interests me with the combat style dragon is that when it destroys a unit, it's going to gain some boosts. It'll either gain plus one attack if it kills a hero or a monster. It gains plus one to its run and charge roll if it kills a unit that has a wound characteristic of three or more that wasn't a hero. Or it heals one wound if the enemy has a wound characteristic of two or less. So uh, depending on what you're doing, and it, is, it does stack, I believe, from memory. But uh, don't quote me on that one. You've got the Stormcast Chariot. That one surprised the heck out of me. Mostly because I thought it was going to be a better, a little bit better than the, you know, the Drake Spawn Chariots. Chariots aren't that good generally in the game. But you are seeing that it is essentially a mini Stonehorn. And why I say it's a mini Stonehorn, why it doesn't do the amount of damage in combat like a, uh, a Stonehorn? When it charges, uh, Stonehorns, what they do, and there's some rules in uh, Ogre More Tribes, is that when you roll your charge roll, the amount of dice, you basically, you you do a heap of mortal wounds. So I think, you, was it a roll of a five? I think it was a four. So let's say I roll the charge roll of nine. Uh, I, I would grab nine dice and I would roll them. Uh, on a four plus, I would do a mortal wound before combat started. So uh, this, I know Ogre More Tribes, for example, they will use a command ability often to re-roll the charge if it's not a very good one, even if they were outside of three. 
just to increase the amount of mortal wounds that they put out. It is a 12 wound, so again, a lot of wounds I, I expected way less that 12 wounds on a three up save doing mortal wounds. This is a, a wonderful little, um, I mean, it's a great model. I think it's. I think we'll definitely see them on the table. Annihilators um, have two different war scrolls. You know, very similar to the old, uh, you know, liberators where you had, you know, the hammers with shield, or you had grand hammers. So, if you go with the hammers, it is a two-up armor save, which is rock solid. They've got three wounds apiece, and they come in with three model, three models per per unit. Obviously, you can reinforce or double reinforce if you get them as battle line. Um, when they set up on the table, un an enemy unit within 10 inches will take some mortal wounds on a 3+. plus. But why I really like Annihilators is that they get to re-roll their charge in the same turn that they're set up. So this will probably reward the um, the, the Scions of the Storm type builds more than maybe the Stormkeep who don't have that coming in from reserve ability. And being able to re-roll the charge is awesome. Finally, the other unit I'll call out, you know, no surprise, I talk about dragons. Here we are, the Storm Drake Guard. Now, the Storm Drake Guard are the smallest style of dragon, certainly not as big as our two big boys or even, you know, the Star Drake. Why I really like them is one, I can make them battle line. They have a lot of wounds. They have nine wounds, three up armor save. They ignore spells and endless spells on a four plus. Um, as a battle line unit, I take them in, in blocks of two. But there is a separate option that I can take them as a single, which I thought was really fascinating. It, it, a single is not battle line. I can't just cheese it out and just do three units of one Storm Drake and kind of get my battle line options. I have to take them in units of two. There are the they they're uh, is it two two of them are worth two hundred and eighty five points or one for one hundred and forty five points. But the other rule that fascinated me and I really like it is coherency is normally within one inch of the model, right? That would suck with this type of dragon. Instead, coherency with the Storm Drake Guard is within three inches, not one inch. So it allows you to take up a bit more board space and not just having to have them tag team together super close, which would be rather annoying and, you know, not intuitive when you were, you know, you're trying to move them around. So I really like that. And I hope we see more of this three inch cohesion, uh, coherency in the future. But, you know, as always, you know, the true list tech is really going to come out once we have our FAQ. And the FAQ is going to come out approximately four weeks after the book hits the shelf. So we've got about, yeah, we've got a couple of weeks. Let's see what changes, what doesn't change. And then we can get really into the lay of the land. And, you know, I've only skimmed the surface in this video because if I did an in-depth video review of this particular book, it would take me 10 years because there is like 80 war, there is 80 war scrolls alone. There are eight sub-allegiances. There are two different ways to build, whether it's a sign of the storm or the storm keep. Then there's all the customization within that to the artifacts and the spells and the command abilities. There's so much options, whether you want to go liberators, whether you want to go evocators, whether you want to go dragons, whether you want to go, um, you know, there's so many different options. And, you know, the storm keep is probably going to really benefit those old school liberators, especially while, you know, some of the signs of the storm, especially like we just saw the annihilator rules. You know, you could really see some of those newer models doing really well. But not to say that you're restricted, um, you know, mix and match, you know, find the combinations. But, you know, there's a lot you can play around with. It doesn't surprise me that the re-rolls have disappeared. The, the older rules have been disappeared. Losing some of the War Scroll command abilities for some of those smaller heroes did catch me off guard. And 
like I mentioned, my Nitus Zeros will be working from home for the near future. I mean, the, the plus one to hit bubble will be nice still, especially, um, you know, not having to spend a command ability, command point, or if you happen to be dealing with leaders who often get roared at, uh, that might still be a way to get around it. But like Cities of Sigma, I feel like it's going to take some time for us to refine these lists and really find these the, the nuggets of gold outside of what's maybe obvious. And as you can expect, I will be doing uh, list reviews in the near future. I'll find a couple of Stormcast players. We'll find a couple of different builds out there and we'll talk properly and put this all into theory and try to find out what type of rules and combinations that they're tapping into to make the most of this. But I would be curious to hear from you in the comments section. Um, I know there's been a lot of previews. There's some leaks. There's probably other content creators who are doing their own version of this. I'd love to hear from you in the comments section. You know, what units and rules are you most excited about? And again, I've only skimmed the surface. If you are someone who is looking at building out a Stormcast army, I'd highly recommend jumping into my Discord. Click the link in the episode description because we talk chat, we, we talk and chat about lists all the time. And I have a whole bunch of passionate Stormcast uh, crew who are going to want to chat and break down this book, share their experiences, maybe play some online games and kind of really work out what the gold is here and how do we get ourselves match play ready. But uh, I hope you appreciated this preview and you know there's going to be more of this coming soon. Thanks for sticking around until the end. I hope you found that video interesting and you walked away with a few new ideas. If you did, I would appreciate it if you hit like on the video as well as left me a comment. Let me know what your thoughts are in the comment section below. The conversation will continue over on Discord, so please down below in the episode description if you want to join the Discord and continue the Age of Sigma conversation. I want to give a massive shout out as well to these absolute bloody legends, these champions who have continued to support me through Patreon or YouTube members. That is going directly into supporting the maintenance and the growth of this channel. So thank you very much, guys. Much appreciated. And until next time, roll more sixes.